This is the best podcast on the planet. I'm not being biased at all. Thanks for listening, supporting, sharing, and subscribing to the Mindful Farm D podcast. Subscribe today wherever you listen to stay informed. Share with a few friends. Email Dr. Matman Harrell at themindfulfarmd at gmail.com exclamation point. Connect on Instagram at themindfulfarmd. Check out drmattmanharrell.bio.link for everything about the podcast. A thousand thanks and stay mindful. Dr. Jamie Wilkie is a pharmacist who loves what she does and brings passion and happiness to the pharmacy profession. Dr. Wilkie grew up in a small town in Wyoming where she got her start in pharmacy working at the local city drug. There were only three pharmacies within 90 miles of her small town. And as Dr. Wilkie explains, all of them were staffed by grumpy, middle-aged male pharmacists. She wanted to change that. So after completing high school, she went straight to the University of Wyoming and completed her undergraduate coursework and her PharmD degree in six years. For the past 10 years, Dr. Wilkie has worked part-time in the community setting while growing her family of four rambunctious boys who this year are ages three, five, seven, and nine. In 2020, Dr. Wilkie created her own job for herself that better suits her talents, her passions, and her family's busy schedule. She left the retail world and entered the world of entrepreneurship and has found her true calling in life. She is the founder and CEO of Arches Health LLC and serves there as a precision medicine consultant pharmacist focusing on pharmacogenomics. After getting her practice up and running, she turned around and began promoting and empowering pharmacists to champion PGX and create their own consulting practices through her PGX Consulting Confidence Academy. In this episode of the Mindful PharmD podcast, we're going to sit down and talk with Dr. Jamie Wilkie about this field of pharmacy known as pharmacogenomics and its relationship to mental health. Dr. Wilkie is optimistic about the future of pharmacy and knows great things are in store for those who are willing to push boundaries, think big, and use the full extent of their education. You're listening to the Mindful Farm D podcast. Welcome and a thousand thanks for tuning in. This podcast is about all of us. I'm your host and the mind behind the microphone, Matt Manharrell. My focus on this podcast is to explore the mind through genuine conversations, thought-provoking ideas, and the reality that the story of mental health is incomplete. Mindful Nation to another episode of the Mindful PharmD podcast. Uh, my guest today is Dr. Jamie Wilkie. She's a pharmacogenomics extraordinaire, also known as the Leslie Nope of PGX, if you, if you guys are fans <laughs> of Parks and Rec. 
Uh, but we connected on LinkedIn a few months ago, and I've really enjoyed following her uh, entrepreneurial spirit. Um, she recently officially launched her very own consultant practice uh, where she teaches pharmacists to create their own PGX consulting practice to bring them the fulfillment and flexibility of being their own boss. You're going to learn a lot of what PGX is. If you don't know what that is today, you're going to you know, hear, a, hear her talk about that, talk about her journey to becoming a pharmacist. Um, and just really excited to connect with you, Jamie. So thank you, Dr. Wilkie, again for, for joining us today. Yes, it's my pleasure to be here with you, Mattman. Absolutely. So just talk about first here as we get started. Talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a pharmacist. Why not, you know, an astronaut or something, you know, random? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I grew up with my, my dad's um, in finance, and he was always the administrator at hospitals, growing up at various hospitals, and he still is. And as the CFO, one day in high school, he walked in the door and he said, you know what, Jamie, I sign the pharmacist paycheck every month and I think you should be a pharmacist. And I said, okay. <laughs> and like structured my life about going to pharmacy school. Like everything fit. The financial incentives were good. I liked the idea of getting a doctorate level degree without significant patient interaction in, in, in the close spaces. And I am interested in healthcare. And so all three of those fit the bill. And I was growing up in Wyoming and they have a great school of pharmacy program. And so it was just really natural to follow my dad's good advice. Excellent. So just, just that, just, just dad saying, Hey, you're going. And, <laughs> you know, did you, did you have any uh, prior interest in, uh, in pharmacy or any other type of uh, field of, in, in the healthcare space? Yeah, I really liked healthcare, probably because that's the space my dad worked. So I grew up visiting him at the hospital and seeing healthcare and knowing I wanted to help people in a, a really impactful way. And I'm all about female empowerment and getting a doctorate degree to show that like girls can do anything they want and to have the sky's the limit. And so it's been a very rewarding career. And I love that it's a space that has so many women filling these high level positions and getting excellent education. And it's, I, if I could do my life over again, I would do exactly the same thing. Excellent. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask if you, if you could be a, you know, some, something else, what, what would you choose? Or if you could have a different career field, what would you choose? But I mean, it, that's, that's awesome that, you know, really deep down pharmacy um, is your passion and you've shown that, you know, over the course of your career, I think, you worked in retail mainly, right? Starting out? Yes. So I graduated in 2010 and spent all those years in retail because I have a young family. I've had four little boys that I've had since I graduated pharmacy school. And another component of pharmacy being well suited to me is that I could work part time um, and not lose out on my career because in retail, it's kind of the same job your whole career. Your advancement is going from pharmacist to pharmacy manager. And so my, my career didn't suffer as I focused on my young family, which was really rewarding. But as the years passed, I felt also that benefit also had me locked into a job that I felt like, oh, man, <laughs> I can't really progress past pharmacy manager. I want more from life. And so I've since expanded quite significantly. 
Yes, which I, I, we will definitely talk about. So you're you're there. You're you're doing your pharmacy thing, um, and something happens to where you decide, okay, well, I, I you know, like you said, you just you just hit on it. I want to do something different. What was that spark? Um, I think you were, you know, you talked about being in retail for about 10 years or so. What was that spark? You know, day one, if you can remember, where you just decided in yourself, this is not, this is not it for me. Like, this is not the end of my career. There has to be more. What was it like to be in that space, um, in that headspace? Oh, yeah. So for years, it was like the frog in the boiling pot of water. I could feel that I wasn't providing my patients the care that I desired and like the comp consulting. Um, it was just giving them medication and medicating them rather than helping them. But the real pivot point came because of a mental health crisis in my family. Um, I have a close family member who's my age. She also has young kids just like I do. And she has depression. And so finally she sought out treatment for her, for her depression. And the doctor put her on an SSRI, um, a, a typical antidepressant, but he didn't look at her genetics before he prescribed that for her. And she had a terrible reaction to it. It led to really harmful suicidal ideation that escalated into her being admitted into the psych ward into, in the local hospital for weeks at a time. And visiting her in the psych ward and seeing this sweet family member that I love so much, like completely incapacitated and her whole young family, she has kids as young as mine, all suffering, like all of our extended family, just to see and all feel so helpless that because she had this terrible reaction to medicine that still at that point, no one understood how it just hijacked her whole family emotionally as well as financially. Um, and that now happened not only once, but twice. She was admitted twice and to see the impact that <laughs> the wrong medication has like firsthand, we learn about it in pharmacy school, yeah. that it's a bad thing, but to see it firsthand and to see that still they're still living in her parents' basement because the bills for that they're paying for years to come and wow. how much it set them back made me feel as a pharmacist, like, was there nothing that could have been done? This is crazy. And then learning about pharmacogenomics or PGX how it can guide prescribing and help patients prevent these really significant problems with medicine because now using that, then you can guide prescribing rather than guessing. Just having patients guessed on and saying, see if this works. If not, we'll try something else is so outdated. And it's really the time to be embracing personalized medicine from a, from a pharmacy standpoint and from a family member standpoint. I've seen both sides and I, I love the future, the direction we're headed. Absolutely. So you, you took that into your hands and, you know, you really made that seeing your family member experience that you, you took that burden on your shoulders and said, Hey, let's, let me figure out for not only just for my career, but for my family and my patients that I serve now, what other ways can I serve, um, you know, this healthcare community. So talk, talk a little bit about what you're doing right now, your business, um, as the, again, as the <laughs> Leslie Nope of PGX. And, um, and, you know, unpack that a little bit. What are, what are you doing right now? Oh, yeah. So I created my own consulting practice where I see patients and, and I see them in an office out here in Utah. I work with a doctor um, and see all of their patients who have 
problems with medication or even want to prevent problems in the future and do a complete medication review. It's called a, a CMM, a comprehensive medication management. And so PGX um, and looking at their genetics is a part of it, but it's just kind of taking a zoomed out view as a pharmacist, looking at all of their medication, answering all of their questions and really having that time to sit down and educate that I didn't have before. That's been really beneficial. And I've had patients start crying in these interactions because they're so grateful to like find out why, why these mental health treatments aren't working as well as they could be. Mm. And to see that it's not, it's not them. It's not, it's not a shortcoming of them and their brain. Like this medicine was not ideal for your body. Of course you couldn't receive the full benefit because it's not ideal for you. Anyway, it, it's been a really rewarding experience and it has since grown to, I created the PGX Consulting Confidence Academy to teach other pharmacists to do the same thing because our profession has so much knowledge and we can help so much, but many feel trapped in, in retail and hospital and, you know, traditional pharmacist positions. And once we can unlock ourselves from tradition and really unleash our full knowledge and power onto the community, then we can help in such meaningful ways. So I empower pharmacists to stop complaining about their job and to create a job that they love. That's it. Yeah. And we're hearing this more and more, um, you know, just from a personal level, I, as I interact with uh, pharmacy students, um, you know, just across my career and currently, I always tell them, you know, it's a, it's a reoccurring thing. Hey, stay, keep your ear to the ground of what's happening in the profession. And I like to ask them sort of the same questions I asked you, you know, what, what drove you? Why, why pharmacy? Why are you choosing pharmacy? Um, because a lot of the one, a lot of the pharmacy students I've worked with have uh, mainly been in retail. Uh, and then some of them still in college, not really figuring out or not really knowing exactly what they want to do. And so I always ask them, you know, why, why did you choose pharmacy? And then they, you know, they give me their answer typically because they want to help somebody. Um, they thought it was interesting or because a parent, uh, you know, suggested it. That was my experience too. My mom worked as an intern or not an intern as a technician in, in a pharmacy. And uh, she came home one day and said, Hey, I think you should be a pharmacist. And so <laughs> that's why, that's why <laughs> I went to school to be a pharmacist. And, and so those stories are, are very um, connected and similar. And, but in that, I, I always tell my pharmacy students, hey, keep your ear to the ground of what's happening in the profession. Retail is, a, is it has its benefits in terms of, you know, connecting with your patients. But the truth of the matter is it's changing and it has changed uh, since I've, you know, been practicing. And I'm sure you can say the same uh, about your experience as well. And it's changed not necessarily for the better. Um, and, and so keeping their ear, encouraging them to keep their ear to the ground and understand that there are these non-traditional spaces that they can get into, um, like the one you're working in, uh, I think is a great, a great reminder that we as pharmacists can do so many different things. Um, and so I, I appreciate connecting with people like you who are doing just that. And so what is, um, let's, let's break down what exactly is PGX? What is pharmacogenomics? Um, you hit on a little bit of how it, it can help uh, patients in the mental health space, and, and I, I know it has far-reaching uh, benefits beyond that, but what exactly is pharmacogenomics? Oh, yeah. We should probably address that. <laughs> yeah. So what it is, is it's a simple genetic test that shows how your body metabolizes 
over 200 medications. And it's not even a blood test. It's just a saliva sample or a cheek swab. So it's very non-invasive. And for the rest of your life, uh, doctors and pharmacists know what medications are ideal for you. Because this report, it is pretty complex and it looks like another language, but it details all the different medications that are out there and how your body is likely to respond to many of them. And so while it's not absolutely perfect, it can guide prescribing significantly and narrow down the choices that are most likely to work for you. So instead of guessing and saying, well, let's just try this medicine, now prescribers and pharmacists can look at you and know who you are as a person. Because when medications are created, especially historically by big pharma companies, they've been tested on white male populations, like not even female are, test, are, are tested as much as men, let alone all of the different other races and minorities. And so we don't even know how, <laughs> how these are working for people until we have the studies. And so to have your DNA and to know how medication is going to work for you is so powerful um, because there's just so much power in, in personalized medicine in that yeah. regard. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a fingerprint. Like you, yeah. each and mm-hmm. every one of us has a unique fingerprint um, that that connects and traces back to us as a unique individual. And so, by looking at you know the the genetic markers um, that you pull, then you're you're better able to tailor the medication regimen um, so that the person that individual gets the uh, the best bang for their buck, if you will. Um, you know, there's a whole field of uh, anthropology looking into how these, for example, mental health drugs, and they question whether or not drugs like SSRIs or SNRIs actually have benefit um, for patients. And there's a whole, you know, there's, there's people on both sides of the field or both sides of the fence uh, debating this, this historical, um, the historical perspective of uh, how medications work in our body. And so to hear that this field of pharmacy, uh, and for that matter, pharmacy and genetics, you know, kind of going hand in hand, um, I, I think is, is, is an important aspect to, you know, of, of where, where healthcare is headed. You know, they talk about, <laughs> I might get a little, little sci-fi here, but, but it's not science fiction anymore, but they talk about creating designer babies, for example, uh, with regard to technology like CRISPR that breaks down, um, you know, unique genetic codes and you know, gets all of this information from, uh, from our bodies. But, when you look at how drugs react with people or work in a person, um, knowing exactly how the drug will work or knowing exactly where the drug will work, will work in your patient um, will definitely or does definitely show some benefit. Um, can you talk a little bit about how PGX got started? Like where, you know, what's the history behind PGX and, and pharmacogenomics, um, you know, with, with regard to its use in patient populations? Oh, yeah. So it started with the Human Genome Project, completing the entire entire human genome and historically was focused on, on just like genetic-based diseases. And um, as oncology medications developed, the findings for oncology and in cancer really started taking off. And then once oncology saw the benefit from optimizing oncology medications, then it kind of cracked open the egg to all the other all the other drug classes that get a lot of benefit, especially where we've been talking about with mental health 
but not only mental health, but um, cardiovascular, infectious disease, pain. Really, if anyone's taking medication, they can probably benefit from this test. Gotcha. Yeah, just to sort of, again, crack down and see what's work, how medication is going to work with them. You, you mentioned earlier um, <laughs> uh, that this test or the results from this test really look like a, a second language. Uh, or another language. And I remember in a, in a previous role of mine where I was reviewing prior authorizations um, for a company, providers would send in, send these tests in. And, you know, this was, you know, maybe five years ago or so. And I had no, as a pharmacist, and I've been practicing since 2011, okay? Mm-hmm. And I had no knowledge of exactly what I was looking at. I did I, I had no idea of what they were asking me. And as I, you know, I look back on that experience and those, those providers sending that information in, there really wasn't a precedence for, well, back then it really wasn't a precedence for, you know, clinical pharmacists to make um, a, you know, clinical decision of whether or not a patient needed the medication, you know, based on what the provider was sending us, if it was a non-preferred medication on, on the, uh, on, on my client's formulary at that time. We didn't know what to do with it, uh, you know, and so we went back to uh, the client and we said, okay, well, how do, how do we handle this? And unfortunately, unfortunately, they didn't really have a very good answer either because, again, it's like, it's like another language. And so how do, how do you kind of, how does your, your organization, um, your academy, again, that's the um, PGX Consulting Academy, how, how does your academy help pharmacists you know, talk to providers and patients for that matter about what those tests mean? Oh, yes. What a good question. And that's why I created it because I I talk to so many different people in my community and in my neighborhood and they all want to get tested and they say, okay, well, what pharmacist can do this for me? Because I know you're really busy. What other pharmacist can help me with this? And it, the answer is like, um, I... <laughs> I don't think there are any around. So my goal is to create an army of pharmacists that not only know this knowledge, because how many thousands of pharmacists have gone through the certification for PGX and are just looking for jobs in this field that there really aren't quote unquote jobs. The future of pharmacy is creating your own career and meeting the needs in your community. And so I teach pharmacists from start to finish how to create their own consulting practice and take kind of the greater business view of how do, how do you run a business? How do you work as an entrepreneur? Because we have so much knowledge as a profession, but it's wasted unless we're helping people with it. And so it's moving them out of their comfort zone in the safety um, of, of traditional roles and, and starting a side hustle to start consulting and to grow that, grow that practice and support along the way. Because we're really good at being pharmacists, but um, business people and entrepreneurs, it's a whole, it's a whole other skill set to learn. Gotcha. So for the, for the professional listening, right, to this, to this episode of the podcast, when you're out there and you're consulting with physicians, uh, chiropractors, pharmacists, how do you express uh, the patient benefit of this, you know, revolutionary practice space with regard to you know, empirical data, like what, what, what um, studies can you point to just, you know, or maybe just from your own experience, seeing patients, seeing their lives changed when they grow, go through this process of, of, uh, you know, having themselves tested 
uh, and then having their their drug regimen tailored to fit their unique DNA. How what um, what again, either empirical or even personal experiences can you share? Usually I come just asking questions and saying, hi, especially especially family practice that that area is overwhelmed because they're trying to meet everyone's needs. And so I just go asking questions as a pharmacist and saying, how are medications going for you? What's working? What's not? Are your, your polypharmacy patients, patients on five or more medications, are they well managed? Or are they bugging you all the time and coming back um, to have you keep fixing the same problem? And so rather than this pitch to how I'm going to solve all of their problems, just go asking questions on what's working and what's not. And then when you can find their pain and what's not working for them, then I can offer a solution. Um, and so it's mostly just a series of conversations of, of having a pharmacist come and ask them because most have, have had countless sales pitches from drug reps and they're really tired of being sold to. They just want someone to help them solve their problems. And so when a pharmacist can come help them in their own unique way, it's a really beautiful relationship can grow out of it. Yeah. So with, with, with regard to empowering um, pharmacists, I want to, I want to, because you're, you're, again, your journey, I've been following you here on LinkedIn um, for some time now and just sort of watching you grow your business um, and really being encouraged by some of the things that you, you share and some of the things, some, you know, your perspective on things. And I got to say, I truly, I honestly love the transparency you have because a lot of times uh, pharmacists, um, I'll say from my own, from my own personal experience, right? I'm, I'm a first generation college graduate, right? And a lot of times my family, my friends, and uh, any really my other colleagues, they'll look at me and they'll say, Hey man, you know, you've, you've got everything going great for you. You, (laughs) <laughs> you, you seem to be very successful. Um, you know, you're, 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 you, you're pat, paving your own path. You know, I, I made a decision some time, some time ago to go back to school um, to, to get a my license or become licensed in marriage and family therapy. Uh, and I, that was a tough decision for me. I'll share that with you maybe some other time, but as I'm, as I'm following you and having my, you know, living my own experience and, and, going through challenge over after challenge, I see things like this that you posted on LinkedIn. You said, you know, for me, meditation, prayer, smiling and laughing. Yes. Out loud, taking action and gratitude help keep them at bay. You are what you think your thoughts determine your reality. Um, how do you talk a little bit about how you work through daily challenges? Um, you know, because I'm of the mindset that we all have a relationship with mental health. And it may manifest in different forms, um, some depression, some anxiety, some anger. But how do you sort of have this relationship with, you know, your own mental health and work through everyday challenges as you're out there paving a way for yourself in this practice? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you asked because mental health needs to be discussed more. And I'm glad that finally people like you and it's it's just it's just being more spoken about because for so long it it hasn't and that's been a disservice to everyone and it's been really interesting because my whole life I've really been blessed in that mental health hasn't hasn't been a negative experience for me but 
as I have created my own business and started being an entrepreneur and suddenly doing really big, really scary, intimidating things, I have started to feel anxiety and like a dark cloud of negative thoughts that were never with me before when I was just clocking in and out to work, being a safe employee. Um, and so that has been a huge, probably the biggest hurdle as an entrepreneur is to feel those dark negative thoughts, the limiting beliefs, just the anxiety of like, what if this doesn't work? What am I doing? Encroaching and how to keep that at bay and to say, I'm in charge. I choose what stays in my brain. It's truly been a huge growth curve and to figure out what works for me because everyone's different. And as you said, like meditation and prayer, especially calm my mind and bring peace and clarity. But it's been interesting and now I can relate to people more when they when they have these symptoms because I certainly have it's like probably the most mild form possible but even then I've never experienced that before so to understand how other people live every day um, gives me new appreciation for the value in in championing mental health absolutely absolutely and you know one <laughs> I want to I want to talk about uh, one one other you know, again, posts that you've made um, when you talk about failure, failure. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing these out is because I want, you know, that that young professional who might be listening um, or, you know, that person who might be deciding or on the verge of making a big decision, like be, becoming an entrepreneur. Maybe they're not even in the healthcare space, but they're they're wrestling with this idea of becoming an entrepreneur, doing something on their own because they, they value um, their own time and and just again creating their own reality. You you talk a lot about um, and have in the past talked about failure, you know, and how on one such occasion, if you know, if you don't mind me mentioning this, on one such occasion, you when you launched your first webinar, right? Let's go back there for a second. Uh -huh. you, you launched your first webinar, and you 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 made some mistakes. You know, you you talk about how you felt sheepish sheepish but not mortified you were really proud of yourself for creating a great presentation and putting it into the world all by yourself and you know i've never done you said you i've never done a webinar solo like that before uh, and that you better believe i'm never going to make those mistakes again man how how what can be learned from failure like how 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 did you get to that that space where you can say you know what i'm going to take this failure and and learn from it um just, just talk a little bit about that. How do you, how do you walk through that? Oh yeah. So, so reading, I've read nothing but like self-help books this past year and it really helps. So reading the obstacle is the way and um, books like that, that help you understand that failure is what you want because it means you're moving forward. And if you just think of failure as a sign that you're not doing it right, then you're never going to, accomplish anything in your life because you have to fail to move forward. Um, and so just embracing that that's life and that's what happens and not trying to have this perfect persona because everyone's failing and everyone's messing up. And it's as you learn from that and move forward, then you can actually have progress. If you view failure as the opposite end of progress, then you're not going to go anywhere. But failure is actually the road to success is just filled with failure. And you just have to get really comfortable with it and grow from it rather than beating yourself up over it. Yeah. I, I um, some years ago, I listened to a Ted talk about 
Uh, I think it was titled Failure is an Option. And I don't know if you've heard that TED Talk, if you get a chance to listen to it. I suggest it. I recommend it rather because for me, I listened to that that episode during a very um, dark period in my life, if you will. I mean, I here I am, you know, I'm, I'm out there in the world. I'm practicing for a few years and I get to this place in my career where I, I need to change. I'm 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 not only burned out, I'm bored. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that, that's a, that's a very dangerous uh, place to be. Not 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 so much dangerous. It's a very interesting place to be um, because you question yourself, right? And you have all of this stress and this anxiety that comes with that. But in that episode, the host talks about how failure is an option, and he talked about um, you, you know how there's one company in particular. And I'm always telling this story because I love it. But it's this uh, this company called the uh, the X. Uh, it's a Google company called the X Company, and their whole mantra is built around failure. So much so they embrace this this idea of failure so much, or failing failing forward, as you say, failing forward, that they have these uh, employee conferences throughout the year. You know, we'll call them failure conferences. I'm not exactly sure what they call them exactly, but they what they do is they bring you know five or so team members up on the stage and they unpack how they failed quote failed throughout the year and at the end of it they say okay well by the way we're going to send you away so that you know we're going to send you away on vacation all expenses paid to this place this resort and when you come back we want you to fail some more and the first time they did this it was a it was a culture shock to the organization because they you know at first they're thinking well Heck, you know, I don't want to be up there on that stage. You know, they're, they're going to make fun of me for for making mistakes. But what the company was trying to create was this was this idea around being willing to experiment, being willing to put yourself out there, being willing to to fail. Um, and instead of bucking with or, or rejecting the idea that failure, uh, you know, failure is not an option. Um, this company in particular is embracing the idea that failure is an option. And, I, and that has been a driving force for me. Um, it sounds like some of the books you've read and some of the material you've connected with, you know, has, again, has, has changed how you feel about failure. And I, I think that, that, again, that's a great place to be uh, because you're, you're willing to, to put yourself out there and do something different. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm so grateful for the resources we have now living in 2021, that we have TED Talks and books and all this material that helps keep our minds strong and keep us moving forward because there's just so much goodness out there and so much we can do and we're unapologetically us and keep moving forward despite setbacks and obstacles because those usually are for our benefit and teach us something very valuable that we wouldn't learn otherwise. And so I just love being alive right now and the resources that we have to empower us so much. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this podcast is all about being mindful uh, and I know we'll be coming to an end soon, but how, I know you've sort of talked over the past few minutes about, um, you know, embracing challenges, figuring out what works for you in terms of overcoming those challenges and those obstacles, but how would you define mindfulness and if you can share a few more practices that you've used um, that have helped you power through challenging experiences. Oh, yes. So to me, mindfulness is connecting with who you really are and what you really want out of life. Because there's just so much chatter and 
and busyness in our life that just to be still and find out like what makes us happy and what we really want to do um, really is an exercise and takes more work than you would think because we're just so used to being entertained and going through the motions. And so mindfulness for me in meditating and journaling and connecting who I am with my actions every day has made me a happier person, a happier family, and really grown my career into something I don't wouldn't have even recognized a year ago. And when you're truly you and, and living the life that suits you, then you can do so much. What, um, what would you say, just again, last, last few minutes here, what would you say to a pharmacy student who looks out at this, this climate of pharmacy, the, in, the pharmacy industry, and is discouraged? <clears throat> How would you encourage them, um, you know, in their, in their journey to becoming a pharmacist? Oh, yeah. I would be so excited because there is so much potential out there. Um, it's just outside of the box and maybe not traditional pharmacy roles. And so as a student, enjoy this time and this space to find out what you like and like what you really like and what you want to do rather than maybe the salary that gets you the most money right out of the gate and start networking with those people in that area that are doing things because people are so willing to talk to you and help you and give you some of their time and some advice. So find what you like, work with people who are doing that and start getting ideas of what you want to create in this life because with social media and the networking we have, there's just so much possibility out there. And I've been so pleased at all the people who've helped me along the way that I'm excited to help other students. And most people are willing to talk and help. And there's just so much out there, but um, it's just thinking outside the box and finding which variety or version of pharmacy that, that really connects with you. So when you work, it's something you love rather than just a job to be done. Awesome. And you, you've been willing to give me your time today, Dr. Jamie Wilkie. So where, if somebody wanted to connect with you, again, a student, professional or otherwise, how can they reach you? Um, what's the best place to go to get a hold of you uh, and connect with you? Well, Matt Men, as you've said, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm mm -hmm. all over the place on LinkedIn, but also drjamiewilkie.com. You can find me there and reach out. I would love to talk with you. So many people have helped me. I'm more than willing to pass it forward. Awesome. Well, there you have it, folks. Dr. Jamie Wilkie, pharmacogenomics extraordinaire. Uh, Dr. Jamie, thank you so much for uh, being here and, again, talking with me today. And I look forward to staying connected with you and seeing where your, your career goes. Yes, absolutely. Likewise. I love, I love what you're doing in this mental health space. It's very refreshing. Summing it all up, my friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst. Think about the beautiful, not the ugly. Think about things to praise, not things to curse. I leave you with this. Focus your thoughts on what is true, noble, righteous, pure, lovable, or admirable, on some virtue or on something 
praiseworthy. Think about these things.